0: and welcome to episode 76 of the 1099 for the week of january 23rd 2017 i am your host as always josiah Renauden and with me today is the entertainment editor for games and film at ign and someone who actually had an online petition demanding she stop reviewing video games lucy
1: o'brien lucy how are you doing today hi josiah i am well how are you thank you for having me <laughs> and thank you for yes actually bringing up perhaps some um, what may be my largest legacy when I end up leaving this industry <laughs> is that petition. That actually, if you Google my name, uh, it's like the third hit that comes up is that petition. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's really it's something I'm something quite else. proud of. Actually,
2: yeah, I um,
0: <laughs> I, I did Google you before this just to like see, you know, like, oh, is there anything I need to know first? Like one of the first thing that came up is petition to get you to stop reviewing games. I'm like, well, this has to be immediately what I talk about because.
2: I, yes. That yes. Re- that
0: petition came from an uncharted review that was a 9 out of 10 for Uncharted 4, which like I really enjoyed Uncharted 4. Like I think that might even be too high of a score for Uncharted 4. So in in your mind when you see something like that where, you know, you you write for IGN, major maybe biggest gaming website out there. And you give Uncharted 4 what is almost a perfect score. Why do you think people just expect major websites like IGN to give it a 10 instead? Like why do you think there's an expectation or do you think there's an expectation for major sites like the IGNs, the GameSpots, the Game Informers to give AAA games the top scores that they have available?
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's um that's a very large question, but I will actually just start off by saying that petition was born from my preliminary score of Uncharted 4 Mm. so at IGN what we how we review games is we review in progress until it's kind of a fully formed package so at that point when I gave it an 8.8 uh multiplayer wasn't um wasn't online because I was playing uh before the game was actually uh, out in in retail stores so there was no one online and it just wasn't working so anyway i gave an 8.8 based on the single player experience only and then you know i gave it 0.2 more points for the multiplayer experience. uh so a lot of that rage was actually born from the 8.8 eventually <laughs> you know there there was there was a lot of anger directed towards the nine as well but um but the 8.8 really seemed to uh, stick in people's uh, sides, so to speak. Um, I, do, I, I do think that, yes, absolutely, 100%, uh, people expect big game sites to score AAA games, especially AAA games from studios uh, who traditionally produce uh, games of really high caliber, like Naughty Dog. I think there's just a general expectation that, yes, these games must be scored as as masterpieces um and i think certainly speaking for IGN we have set that precedent uh i think looking back at all of the uncharted games that were scored before uncharted 4 i think everyone got um 9 or above i think most mm. of them i i actually i like i may be um wrong on this but i think that nearly all of them were awarded 10s Uh, So that was the precedent that was set before I reviewed Uncharted 4, Um, and I've reviewed in my history at IGN, I've reviewed a fair few Sony exclusives, just because I tend to play uh, Sony, Sony makes very interesting, has traditionally made really interesting, bold single-player games, and that's, you know, I'm really interested in that, so I've traditionally kind of reviewed those games. And I haven't always reviewed them highly. Um, I gave a Little Big Planet three a, I think I scored it a six point something, which enraged a lot of people as well because it was completely broken on launch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, there there was there is an expectation for big sites to score these games highly based on the caliber of um, the studio but also i g n had traditionally scored them really highly, so there was an expectation there as well um so really i I was kind of screwed from from the outset <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> you know what it, I mean like
0: it's It's such a strange thing, too, because it becomes this big comparison game of, like, because Uncharted 3 scored this, you're saying Uncharted 4 is worse, which just makes sense. But it's also, like, yes, IGN reviewed both those games, but I'm guessing someone different who worked at IGN reviewed Uncharted 3 and someone different might have reviewed Uncharted 2. And you get in that realm of there's completely different opinions. Like, if uh, I know when... When GameSpot uh, reviewed the PC version of Dead Rising 3, I think it was, with Nick who who's a freelancer, he didn't review the Xbox 360 version. So the reviews, there was, like, a five-point review score difference. It was, like, an eight versus a three. And people, of course, get furious. Like, is it that much worse? Like, does it run horribly? Like, no, like, reviewers have different opinions. And that gets down to, like, the, you know, these are subjective these are like you, it's not just this math equation where well the graphics aren't that impressive in this part so now it's an 8.8 instead of a nine and it, that it gets this weird rage from the audience usually through that comparison game
1: well it absolutely does and i and i think you know looking back i think greg miller reviewed um, uncharted Three, for IGN. um and i think he scored it higher than than a nine um, uh, from memory Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've, I've played all the Uncharted's and I would not have scored Uncharted 3, uh, <laughs> that highly. Like, I just would not have. Um, and it, and it is definitely a subjective thing. And, you know, our reviews editor at IGN, Dan Stapleton, he's kind of the gatekeeper and, and the guy that, um, sort of has to answer to, to a lot of the rage, uh, online. Um, He's always maintained that, you know, that's, that's his, that's his MO for the, for the site that all of these opinions are subjective. There is no such thing as an objective review and every single reviewer's opinion is going to be different. Uh, It is, you know, it is, I can see that that irritates people because of course it's the IGN review. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like people don't really look at that Uncharted 4 review and go. That's Lucy O'Brien's review. They look at it and go, okay, that's IGN's review and it wasn't that high. And who are we going to blame? We're going to blame Lucy O'Brien because she was the one that's, you know, that, that, that sort of dragged IGN's love <laughs> for Naughty Dog down in some, in some, you know, insane sort of logic. I mean, it is, it is, I can understand, I can totally understand why people get, um, irked by it. But at the same time, you know, it is impossible. Uh, to be objective in, in reviews. And and when, when you're criticizing any type of art or, um, you know, anything that isn't, uh, a piece of technology, I suppose, uh, you could probably be objective in a television review. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to, uh, reviewing something that has a story, uh, it's, it's impossible to be objective. It just doesn't work. And I think that, you know, people who have tried to be objective. There's actually a great website, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with it, called Objective Game Reviews, yep. which is just, yeah, it, you know, it's just like these, these guys who've just gone, okay, this is what an objective game review actually looks like. Uh, do you guys really want this? And of course no one wants it because it's clinical and it, it's, it's meaningless. It, it, it offers you nothing. Um, so yes, we always maintain that reviews are subjective, which, uh, People don't really understand, but, you know, that's that's the way it has to be. It's like we can't we can't we can't pretend that it's uh, if there's ever gonna be some kind of scientific method to this thing.
0: Yeah, and even if to a certain extent when you're a freelancer you try to match a certain site's style. Uh, where right. it sounds like a polygon or an IGN or GameSpot or whatever, but you can't you know, change who you are as a writer so much that you are, like, siphoning it through this IGN, like, meat grinder, and suddenly it sounds like that. Like, you're all individual people and stuff comes out differently. And you exactly. mentioned earlier that kind of you can understand how maybe an 8.8 8. 8 or a 9 for Uncharted 4 would irk some people, which I, I do understand, too. But what do you think would draw the reaction to the level of actually creating a petition? Like, it's, it's a strange thing. Do you think that maybe the fact that people so closely define themselves as gamers that is part of their identity where if you not even attack if you don't say it's as good as they think it is they take that as almost a personal attack against their character compared to like you know if someone liked a movie if someone's like liked the avengers and someone said i think the avengers isn't very great i don't think they would create a petition there seems to be something different inherently in video games
1: yeah well i mean if you look at all the um the furor that's, you know, sort of happened over the last few years, uh, stemming from, uh, you know, the Zoe Quinn business, Uh, I think that it's very clear that people, I shouldn't say Zoe Quinn business, because it was absolutely not her fault, I should just yeah. say, I'll just say, yeah, straight up, I'll just say game of Um People do uh, absolutely define themselves as gamers, and I think because... You know this is a, it's a tricky it's a tricky one to sort of answer I, but I think that it's it is because gamers uh nerds were traditionally um traditionally existed in um sort of minority circles right like they were they were the ones that were picked on in mm-hmm. high school and 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 they sort of formed their own um culture because of this and um I think that a lot of gamers still sort of see themselves in that romantic way like that they are the the nerds and they are the you know they've got to fight they've always had to fight against the mainstream media uh that says video games are evil and all this sort of thing and 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 so they've sort of become almost a bit militant about um about their identity as as a gamer and therefore when someone comes along and uh as a perceived threat whether that be uh someone asking for more minority representation in video games or a woman who's reviewing a video game um i think that people get really threatened they 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 get threatened because they do see it as a as a uh as as threatening to their identity and it's 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 made worse it's completely exacerbated in, in um, the case of Uncharted by the fact that it was a console exclusive yeah. and people not only align themselves as gamers but they align themselves very heavily with brands um, and you know that's why you have things like the console wars where you, you cannot go onto an article on IGN that mentions some new feature on the Xbox or the PlayStation without people calling each other names because you know they they, they, they don't only identify as gamers, they identify themselves with that brand and they are loyal to that brand and they see that brand as a personality rather than um you know a a, a corporation that basically is taking their money from them. You know, yeah. it's 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 kind of an extraordinary thing to witness. Uh so in the case of Uncharted, it was almost the perfect storm of that. You know, you've got a female reviewer and then you've also got uh uh this you know it's a it's a console exclusive so you've got all these people who are very uh, loyal to PlayStation um, and all of a sudden it's just this perfect storm of of, of horror really and yeah. and you know that's why I kind of said from the get go I, I was sort of screwed like if I was going to be honest um, you know I was always I was which which I I have to be you know I can't sleep at night if I'm not honest in a video game review yeah uh, yeah it, it I was always uh, gonna be attacked for it, but you know i don't I don't really mind that's the thing like i find it I find it funny now I used to when I first started uh i was i started i g n in twenty twelve um and I started with this stupid article because I was very foolhardy and and i didn't i didn't really quite realize the scope of i g n do you know what i mean i just, yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's very easy when you're working for a huge site. To forget that you're working for a huge site, you know what I mean, and you you just write stuff that you want to read. Um, so I wrote this horrific piece, um, which you <laughs> probably still find online, um, called ten Reasons What Was It? Uh, Ten Reasons Why the Movies You Love Aren't That Great," or something. Oh, like. oh no, my ten, god! Ten, ten, ten movies that everyone Loved that aren't that great, or something like that. And it was a companion piece to 10 Underrated Movies," you know what I mean? So it was mm. a companion piece. But my God, I must have written that (laughs) in the first like few months of my career at IGN, and I was so dragged. I was so attacked, and it was it was overwhelming. And I remember finding it really distressing at the time because it's the first time that I'd really properly encountered online hate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'd I'd sort of I'd worked in video game criticism um, for many years before then, but for much smaller. Uh, publications, so it was the first time that I sort of encountered like anger on that scale and at the time it was um it was really distressing, but it, you know it was also kind of trial by fire, you know what I mean and eventually yeah. i you know my skin grew thicker and and now i'm I'm at the point where um that the anger does not bother me i find it I find it um bewildering and and i you know i am amusing i suppose but um I don't get upset about it anymore. I think that I've I've got to the point now where I I, I feel pretty invulnerable to it, which is a, which is good. I mean, you know, it just yeah. means that I'm never going to stop doing what I'm doing. I'm never going to say, oh no, I'm not going to take another Sony exclusive review again just in case the Uncharted thing happens all over again. Because it's like, well, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm probably not allowed to swear on your. Oh, pocket, you're totally allowed to swear. In like, okay, 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 okay. But like, you know, I I just I just don't I don't care. I you know yeah. my my. My goal is to be honest and mm-hmm. uh and and to do that to the best of my ability so yeah that's that's kind of where I stand with with uh, at least with my attitude towards my video game yeah.
0: no one 's ever fully prepared for kind of what it's like to write something that's controversial on a site the size of i g n like you can i think like you, I was writing for smaller. You know, indie sites getting either paid very little or nothing early on, kind of like throwing, you know, trying to sharpen my writing skills, get better criticism. And then I remember for GameSpot, I reviewed, God, what was it called? It was like Akiba's Strip or something. It was this, it was this Vita JRPG kind of brawler where literally what you were doing was punching people till their clothes popped off. Uh, and then the sun would See, hit no, them. you
1: were screwed from the outset. You oh, were screwed from, from the, the outset. Start, if
0: I loved it, I, I don't think I'd ever get work again. If I hated it, which I did, because it was stupid as hell, like, it was just this torrential downpour of people saying, like, you just don't understand these types of games, you don't get it, and just all these comments where I'm like, let me break this day, this game down again. Like, you punch women until their clothes come off, and then the sun hits them, and that's what defeats them. Like, that is what – like, it's just – they're not even trying to hide what this thing is. And, like, there's just stuff like that that you're never prepared for. And I think, like you, I I have become, like, more thick-skinned. I'm now, like, I can, I can take a little bit more. Now that I'm doing, like, the game development side of it, it's definitely a weirder experience of instead of – criticizing something what your name is attached to is getting criticized so i think it's it's definitely different now but in terms of games writing like i you mentioned before that like you've had you know the petition that was just out and there's gamergate and there's all this stuff going on but at all do you think that the community has become a little bit more welcoming to people of different races ethnicities sexualities stuff like that like is it is it just as difficult as it used to be, or is it getting better? Because we have had a lot more interesting discussion. We've had more in-depth uh, features on places like Waypoint and Zam um, uh, and other sites like that, that we're talking about things we didn't talk about before. But for you, do you still run into so many things where you're like, I can't believe people are still complaining about this type of thing?
1: I, I think it has at least it's got, it has got better. It it, it definitely sites like waypoint, um, help, uh, and you know, the caliber of talent, uh, working at that site is, is outstanding. Um, I think it's got better. I think the conversation around it has, has got better, but I'm still seeing a depressing amount of gatekeeping. Um, Mm -hmm. and young men mainly who, uh, Feel threatened by the sort of the sort of boogeyman, I suppose, that they've created in their minds—the sort of uh, the PC boogeyman, you know what I mean? Where they'll sort of twist absolutely anything, um, regardless of context, into uh, you know them sort of being kicked out of their hobby by people who are demanding, you know, and it's usually critics (laughs) by by critics who are demanding. this, that, and the other from video game developers, and who are censoring video game develop developers by saying, "Hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this opinion piece that you could totally read, or you totally don't have to read about how I think this game should have featured more people of color." You know what I mean? It's,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, and the 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 there is still I'm still seeing a real push against that kind of criticism. Um, and it's it's tedious and it's boring, and eventually it's you know it's 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 a lo- it's they're losing. You know what I mean? There's, there's like things never stay still. This is not a static industry. Uh, and criticism is not static, you know, it's going to continue to evolve. And I think we're seeing that with, with sites like Waypoint and, um, and the like. And, and, you know, I, I just think that eventually these guys are just going to, Either get bored of of this line of thinking, or you know, they're just going to be replaced by a younger, more tolerant, uh, more excited generation. You know that that's God, that's, I hope that's so. what I want to see. That's what yeah. I want to see in the future. Like I, you know, I think that I, I get so bored now when I read these these dudes' rants on Twitter. You know, sometimes I hate read because I'm a terrible person. I, you I'm have to
0: every once in a while. If it's like just a random day where like I just let me just really j- dig into this shit and then get angry. Yeah, for the- and I just, then just like, step out.
1: And that's right. It's sort of um, it's it, there's a slight euphoria to it. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's it's a ter- it's a terrible thing to admit, but I do. And there, you know, there are a couple of a couple of guys in particular who uh, who tend to bang on uh, the drum with with this stuff. And I go onto their uh, Twitter pages and see all their you know anime avatar followers and and, and, <laughs> and it's just you know it's so tedious and it's so old and it's just it's you know this it's nothing new there's, there's this 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 sort of gatekeeping criticism is just it's it's not going to last it's 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 in the past you know and and no one's stopping any of us from exploring video games in um in these amazing different ways uh the one thing that i'm really sad about though is especially uh you know with the whole gamergate thing is we did lose a lot of really exceptionally talented critics during yeah. that period um and you know a lot of them just bowed out and and they they saw gamergate as the kind of tipping point of of something that had been boiling under the surface and bothering them for years and years and years um but you know some of them were were properly sort of harassed out of the um out of the industry and i and and that that makes me really sad and and you know. I wish that hadn't been the case because, um, you know, obviously the more di- you know, the the more voices we have in this pool, of, uh, the, the better. You know, the, the more diverse voices we have, because a lot of these uh, these critics I'm speaking of, you know, a lot of them were, were women. Because yeah. um, of course that's the cardinal sin, right? You don't want to be a woman, uh, a woman games critic, uh, because you know you're you're sort of you're on the back foot.
0: Yeah. Um, it's 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 frustrating and it, it is exhausting. When you mention like when you look through a lot of these comments, you just see people who will just spend an entire Saturday on Twitter searching for things to get really angry about, searching for well, people to harass, and it's just like why? You could use your energy do, in so and, many other ways.
1: Exactly, and it's it's also extraordinary to me that they, you know, they they search for outrage, right? And mm-hmm. this is what they 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 want to find outrage. So they they'll go into forums and find. You know someone who's upset about something, and then they will write a piece on their you know little website or whatever uh saying that there's all this outrage over this video game um and and, and essentially you know they're they're the ones getting outraged they're the out like for for people who. Proclaim to be against outrage. I mean, they sure get outraged a lot. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's so, it's so hilarious. And oh God, I just if they could just see the the, the irony in it, but uh, of course they never will.
0: No, not at all. And again, like you, I'm excited for the day when it's just not a topic anymore. When it's not something yep. you have to worry about. And hopefully that's soon. Uh, you mentioned before that criticism isn't static. It's, you know, it's fluid, and I, I think that's important to note that. Reviews are growing. Like, there's just better games criticism out there. For you personally, what's your actual review process? Because I feel like everyone does things a little bit differently. Uh, when you're writing a review, do you kind of. When I was when I was younger it'd always be like, Alright, you have to start with like the intro paragraph, and then you have to touch on the the story of the game, That it has to be gameplay, That it has to be this. And as I started writing more and writing for different sites, I would kinda it, it really depended on what the game was calling for, what was more important. Uh, if I didn't have to do a large paragraph or three paragraphs on the story if the story wasn't what grabbed me and what grabbed my interest. For you, do you kinda switch up your style from game to game? How has your review style evolved since you first
1: started? I, I mean I think uh, it's become quite, uh, instinctive now. Um, so I, like, I'll, I'll actually have to think about that question because I've sort of done, I've written so many of them that it, it's sort of, um, second nature. Yeah. I think, I think for, for, for me, you know, the first thing to address is what the game is trying to do. Uh, and if that game is trying to scare you, uh, then that's the first thing I'll address. Um, if there's a, central mechanic that's really interesting that's the first thing that I'll address I tend to not um, you know for story I don't we have a sort of rule not to spend any paragraph um, speaking about something and not actually having any criticism of it right? Yes
0: I I actually did write I think three reviews for iGen I do remember talking to Dan about that and really appreciating that
1: it is well it's you know you 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 do read a lot of reviews uh, that sort of spend two paragraphs talking about the story, and absolutely, you know, you've got no clue what they sort of think about it, and it's yeah. it, so it's you know it's it's kind of just a relevant um, filler. So yeah, I mean, there is no one way to write a review, but I just think it's very important to get your central message across um, as soon as possible. That's the first thing you should address. You know, I think. Uh, I remember I reviewed uh, Beyond Two Souls, and my biggest criticism was, oh God, I had so many criticisms. That was another <laughs> game I was d- dragged over the coals for. It. Um God,
0: I, I never played. I played a lot of Heavy Rain. I never played Beyond Two Souls because I'd heard some really bizarre
1: things about it. Yeah, it, it, I was not. I was not a fan. Um, but yeah, you know, you just have to. You have to get that central criticism. First and foremost, in the um, in the you know in the reader's face, and then everything else follows. That's kind of how I've always traditionally um, gone about games reviewing: is is you get your central point across, and uh, then everything else sort of stems from that. And I think that's the trickiest part: is just saying, okay, this is what they were trying to do. This is the game's main thing. And did it work? Yes or no. Yeah. And then everything else sort of just just Uh, just you know it flows from there basically there's no there's no real science to it you know it's just it's important that you touch on everything um but if it's not particularly relevant uh you know often often i won't address a game's score for example if it's you know unremarkable um so you know back in the olden days it was very much like there would be a a number against graphics and there would be a number against uh, gameplay and a number against sound. And, 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 you know, that sort of, uh, that sort of game review has, has long since died. Thank goodness, because it was, it was very limiting, you know, having to, um, sort of check everything off in a checkbox.
0: Yeah, the reviewer's tilt days where it became more of a math equation than an actual critical look at yeah, that's a, right. a, a game. Um, have you ever read a game where you reviewed it and then later on you wish like, man, I wish I would have played that thing more before I actually you know, wrote criticism and assigned a score to it because Overwatch is something that I've literally put like 250 hours in and I'm somewhat afraid to admit that, but I guess I'll admit it. Uh, and I could not imagine if I was, let's say, reviewing that for GameSpot, I probably would have put... 30, 40, 50 hours into it, written a review, but really wouldn't have understood the real, uh, and Yeah, the layers, the impact, the different nature of it. Yeah. Uh I think it was NBA 2K15 I reviewed for GameSpot and I look back on that and I really enjoyed the game, but the online features over the first week or two just didn't hold up and I posted that review, I think, on day one. So I look back, I'm like, man, I would have docked it for that and I feel like I should have let that one bake a little bit, but we have, we have deadlines, we have embargoes we're trying to hit. It, it's, it's, you know, a a hit-driven business where if you're first, it's definitely better for you. And there's a lot of sites that, of course, wait a bit. And, you know, you you guys do reviews in progress to not put a score on immediately. But are there any games that stand out for you where you're like, man, I really wish I would have let that one kind of develop a bit more before I wrote anything on it?
1: Uh, That's a really good question. And I honestly, nothing comes to mind. Well, that's good,
2: though.
1: Well, I think that's primarily because, you know, these these sort of multiplayer uh, games in particular aren't, aren't my beat. Um, you know, I, I generally review, well, uh, you know, traditionally have reviewed uh, sort of standalone games, you know, games with sto- story-driven games and, and, yeah. and single-player experiences and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, there's only so many times you can play that over and over. You, you know, you get you get the idea really fast. But with that said, like there are games that I wish I'd scored lower, and there are games that I wish I'd scored higher. Um, you know, on on reflection, um, mm.
0: you're saying you wish you scored Uncharted Four lower is what you're really telling me. <laughs> <right now.
1: laughs> it's really interesting. I sometimes wonder, you know, God, and what would have if I'd have stuck <laughs> to that eight point eight? Would I still be getting um Would I still be getting angry tweets to the day? I don't know. Oh,
2: without um, a doubt.
1: One game that I do wish I had scored higher, I think I was unfairly harsh to. And it's not, it's not, you know, there aren't many of the, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to say that there aren't many of these, um, but was Until Dawn, you know, the, Oh the, yeah. Like, the horror game. I really enjoyed that. And I think I was a little cruel cool to it. I think I gave it a 7.8 and I think it deserved higher than that. So, you know, that's one that I sort of look back on and I think, oh, God. And on reflection, I wish I'd scored it a little higher. um, But not because I wish I'd played more. It was just I wish I'd almost sat on it a bit longer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, I've 100%. Through, like a couple of times, three times maybe even. Um, But I wish that I'd had a chance just to let it sit with me, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Um. But uh, as you say, we don't, we, d- we're not really afforded that, uh, that luxury, you know, because we have embargoes that we have to adhere to. Often we only have the shortest amount of time to play these things. I mean, you know, Bethesda's, out, you know, come out and, and said outright, uh, that there is going to be no such thing as a, uh, as a critical lead in anymore. And we yeah. have to just, you know, so I reviewed Dishonored too. And that was just, that was after just like, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of playing in one go. you know mm-hmm. i played through uh through you know two campaigns so by the end it was i was just like i I'm, i actually don't want to look at that game again for <laughs> for, a, for a while um but yeah we're not we're not afforded that luxury and and, and you know reviews are still a, a really big part of ign and um and it's important that we can get these out as timely as possible so you know that's the kind of that's just the sort of that's the state of things and we just have to deal with it and keep rolling with the punches
2: yeah
0: i really don't like that idea of holding games from the press to you know so they can play it along with the community because what that is going to do is it's going to create a lot of rushed criticism i guess is my concern uh in that people you know i understand the need to be first i I fully get it like i I understand both sides where you of course you want to have as much time with it as possible to like you said like think about it and sit on it for a bit but when you have deadlines, you have editors asking for things, you have sites that, you know, rely on that traffic, like that's, you're going to get in the future, maybe review that just like, I don't know, get it out quickly. And now here's my first take on it instead of really a fully featured review on that. So that's, it, that part's frustrating. Um, yeah. So in, in your mind, is there too much parity in review scores? Because you look at something like Uncharted 4 and the, your 8.8 at the time might have been one of the lower ones on a Metacritic scale. And out of like 80 reviews, there's I don't think there's a single one that's below a 7 or something like that. That's on Metacritic or Open Critic or one of those sites. And, you know, I I look back on my past reviews and like... OpenCritic is a cool resource where you can kind of go to exactly to a specific reviewer, whether they're freelance or full-time, and see, you know, here's kind of where they lie, like, where they stand compared to, like, the averages of other scores. And, like, mine were lower than most people's, but still, like, I don't feel like I'm overly harsh on games. Do you think the numbers skew too high for game reviews at this point? And do you ever actually, It's kind of a follow-up to that, do you ever get bothered by IGN's reputation for giving everything a 7 or above? Yeah.
1: <laughs> The answer to both of your questions are yes. <laughs> I, I think that there is absolutely way too much parody in review scores. I think that, um, you know, there's that, that, that meme that sort of shows what, uh, what review scores actually, you know, what the numbers actually mean to people yeah. nowadays and how critics are adhering to that. You know, it's something like uh, seven is terrible, eight is okay, nine is good, and ten is outstanding. You know, and and, and yeah. it's true, and anything below a seven, uh, is is considered absolutely just broken, um, and you know, a, a seven is a terrible score now, even though our our score word that is attached to a seven is actually good. You know, we have score words attached to these numbers, and um uh, and our one for seven is good, um, but no, I I, I absolutely think it all skews way too high, uh. You know, especially in comparison to film, uh, which still, you know, a lot of film sites still use numbers or they use the star system. And, uh, you know, if you see a film that's got three out of five stars, you will go, ah, you know, I'll, I'll go see that. But what mm-hmm. is that in, 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 um, like in numbers that's like 6.5 or something? Yeah. Is it? My math is absolutely terrible. Wait, three out
0: of five? Yeah. That would be a six.
1: Yeah, that's a six, right? So yep. uh, um, that's awful. Uh, yeah, for a game. Go, that's a see, game that you're you not going to spend $60 you, you on. See, exactly. You see 3 out of 5 um, on a film, and you think, okay, you know, I'll go see that. That's fine. If you want to see it in the first place and you see 3 out of 5, yeah, all right. But you, you see a 6 out of 10, and or, you know, a 60 out of 100, and immediately that's uh, that's a no buy.
2: Yeah, that's a failing um, grade.
1: Yeah, so I do think it all skews way too high. I, I don't know why. Uh, I, you know, I really can't put my finger on how that actually happened, I think. I think I can. I can blame a little of it at, 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 at the feet of uh, of, of, of fanboys. Uh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't really use that word, but but people who uh, can't really see beyond their own um, their own sort of. Well, I mean, I, I also blame MetaCritic as well. You know, I, oh, yeah. I just uh, it, 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 there's it's. It's all just skewed way too high, and there are a lot of people who just want these games to be good and they're they're fans, so they will they will immediately score a naughty dog game of ten on yep. you know what I mean it's just 100%. like and and you do see a lot of that and and Metacritic allows you know the there are so many sites on Metacritic now. There's, you know, it, it, every man and his and his dog can be on Metacritic. It's, it's. Yeah,
0: fun. there are it's, people who just started a random website of like we're a whole bunch of fans who aren't getting paid for this, and like you're just like you said, giving a series you really enjoy, like a new Mass Effect. They already know it's going to be a ten in their mind. Suddenly, that's yeah. on Metacritic, and that's like put up against another score of someone who is trying to really look at this critically and trying to. Uh, just not tie the the series past to it and uh you mentioned the film thing before metacritic i think what it is is like the the numbers when they're green it means it's positive i think for movies it's like six and above in green for games it's 7.5 and above that's green so it's yeah. already this inherent idea that anything below a 7.5 is mediocre
1: yeah no it's it's true it's um it's really extraordinary and actually you know because i review movies as well so often i'll um, score a movie like a 6.5 or something and expect to see that as a rotten on rotten tomatoes and then it's got a fresh it's got a fresh little tomato next to it (laughs) what what what, what, how does that uh you know it's kind of it's it's confusing but yeah no it's it it is completely mad now and um there are still some uh some critics out there who uh you know that we we call them contrarians but really they're they're doing us a service by actually adhering to the 10 point scale totally uh, as it, as it should be adhered to i mean at, at at ign we i do take solace in the fact that we have score words and mm-hmm. that's helpful to me because i tend to not look at the numbers so much as the word so um would you sex prefer okay. no scores
0: at all would you prefer getting rid of numbers or no
1: uh i would love to get rid of numbers i would love mm-hmm. to get rid of numbers. I think I you know I think that numbers are a necessary evil. Um I hate I hate numbers because yeah. people often will read the words and just go straight to the number and then they get angry. You know a lot of them a lot of people furious at my uncharted score was were just like going for the throat and hadn't even read the review. Yeah. Um You know I think numbers just mean mean too much um nowadays and you know they 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 mean a lot for developers as well, you know developers um, they start a project, you know, they'll they'll say, okay, we're aiming for a, a seven and above with this game. Or, you know, people will get bonuses based on um, the, 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 you know, and the medication. that's coverage. disgusting.
0: It's, like, that's, it's, that's putting it's, way too much power. And again, these people's hands who are at home who just start a random website and, you know, don't really put that much weight on what they're doing could determine whether or not someone's kid goes to the right school because they didn't got a bonus or not. Like, that's when you're playing a game where I'm like, I don't want that kind of
1: power it's terrifying and you do see, oh, you know, there are a couple of sites, on um, I'm keenly aware of, I won't name names, but who just always score like nine and, and above. Like yeah. it's just there, they do not score below a nine and, and it's, it's sort of like, okay, well that's, that's just not feasible. Like it's just that, 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 <laughs> like, that everything
0: is, not, is great. Lucy, come on.
1: Oh God. It's just, yeah, it's, it's infuriating and, and, um, but yes, no, you're right. It's, it's awful for, the awful pressure for, uh, developers as well. Um, because it's all, the, the whole system is so broken. But yes, going back to, going back to getting rid of numbers, I would love to get rid of numbers. Um, but I do find that having the score words at IGN is very, is incredibly helpful. Because without those score words, you know, you're really trusting a lot on instinct and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, and I'd prefer not to have to do that. I'd prefer to have these score words that I can use. You know, is this game okay? Is it good? Is it great? Is it excellent? Is it a masterpiece? You know, yeah. or is it, or is it, you know, on the other end of the scale, is it mediocre? Is it bad? Is it completely unplayable? Um So you know, they 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 help me. And when I'm reviewing a game, I always look at the score word and not and not the number and go from there.
0: I go back and forth on numbers because I sometimes I'm just in like a impulsive buying a game like mood where I see like, all right, let me see like the last paragraph. Let me see your summary and a number. And if it's like out of nowhere, this game, I didn't expect it's a nine. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pick that up and I'll look at a couple things like that. But then you review something like I think I reviewed Sunset for GameSpot. It might have been what it was called. Uh, or... Oh, I reviewed that
1: for IGN. Oh, OK,
0: yeah. <laughs> and like that's a weird game yeah. to put a number on. We're like, there's is. This, like, okay, it's like, I, I'm putting a number on this, and then I'm also putting a number on NBA 2K, and like, maybe these numbers are similar, but like, that means entirely different things, so yeah, it's, it's one of those so situational, where I understand why someone who maybe has a family and doesn't really care that much, that deeply about games criticism, just wants a number and a couple of different points about it. Does it have this? Does it have that? Okay, cool, that's all I needed. But then, yeah, again, when those numbers are used for comparison's sake or for getting angry at someone or for bonuses, then it's like, ah, is that worth having numbers around? And, yeah, there's some games that just scores don't really fit well on. Uh, okay, okay, I've, I've
1: got a perfect example. I, reviewed, right. that, I reviewed that Dragon
0: Tense. That was the other game I was going to bring up
1: like i had to put a number against that i mean how ridiculous is that i i you know it, it it, that was one of the most painful games i've played ever and it was one of the most painful reviews that i had to write because god yeah <laughs> like that's again that's something that shouldn't
0: be scored you're like I, that dragon cancer is a seven you're like what is that <laughs> that sentence itself sounds fucked up like how is that even possible so yeah, that's, it, review scores are weird, and yeah, there are just types yeah. of games where I don't think they need them. Like, I just want to read someone's kind of deep critical analysis of that. Is there, are there um, certain sites or writers right now that, let's say, you review that Dragon Cancer, where as soon as you're done playing and reviewing it, you seek out their opinion on it? Is there anyone out there where you go right to afterward to kind of be like, what does this person think about it, whether they agree with me or not?
1: Um, well, it's it's never... It's not so much people. I mean, I always go to the, the, um... You know, I look at the other big two, so I go to GameSpot and I go to Polygon. That's that's mainly just out of curiosity, not because mm. I, um... Not, not, to, not to rag on those sites. <laughs> I think they're both great.
0: I was um, really hoping I was about to get some beef right there. Like, I was hoping there'd no, be some, no, no, like, no, no, oh, I, they I, suck, and I just wanted to see how much better I am, but... Uh, but, you know, before you
1: put out a review, you really... Start. You've got yep. absolutely no idea what other people think, um, so I'll always go straight to those two, just because you know they're two of the larger ones, and see what they scored. It. In terms of um if I haven't reviewed it, I tend like to be honest. I tend not to read other reviews of games that I've reviewed. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just I guess at that point I'm so sick of talking about it that I don't really <laughs> I don't, I don't really it. care. Yeah you know i'll read i'll read features and and opinion pieces and stuff like that but i don't really care about what someone else thought about a game that i already reviewed um, yeah. whereas if i haven't reviewed it then i will absolutely read um, read the review you know if i if i'm actually looking to buy the game myself uh, so for me i think some of the best games criticism has and and continues to come out of eurogamer mm-hmm. um So that's a site that doesn't put numbers, uh, beside their reviews. But, uh, I just think that the writing on that, uh, site is of such a high caliber. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check out, uh, Polygon. So you know, I'll, I'll, I just, I tend to read around the, the, the bigger sites. Um, Yeah. But also, you know, I like reading contrarian reviews. I shouldn't call them contrarian. I, I like reading reviews that are, um,
0: they use the whole scale. That well, like... they
1: they they use the whole scale and are 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 outliers. You know, yep. I think it's important to um to give those a read as well, and um because often you know they make hugely valid points, and I you know there are a couple of reviews that I've read from uh you know those sort of outlier sites or outlier reviewers, where I'm like God, actually I feel like you know after playing the game, it's sort of like I feel like you were the only person who actually really. Was honest about this game, and everyone yeah. else was. You know, I, I do think we we see a sort of emperor's new clothes syndrome a lot with um with these video games, mm. and, and and you know it's important that we get a whole vast spectrum of criticism so we can make up our own minds, and and that includes people who aren't afraid to say, actually, this game, you know, I did not enjoy this game, even if even if it was a, a, a you know a naughty dog game. I I think it's important that that people are allowed to voice their opinion um you know without getting dogpiled. but of course that's what can happen <laughs> uh, but you know I will always read the outlier reviews as well is what i'm saying
0: yeah i i really enjoy doing that because there is a certain level of with let's again using mass effect or uncharted there's like the prestige behind it where in some people's heads, they already have a kind of a certain benchmark for it. it's already, it, it's already at a seven. And let's see how much we can pile on to that score. And <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. It starts it,
1: at a seven. It starts at a seven it and it goes keeps up. Going
0: up from there. And yeah. a lot of times, you know, and I understandably, like developers and publishers are trying to create a narrative around their game with preview cycles and news cycles where you already kind of have an idea of what it's going to be. And you don't go into the review kind of as this clean slate of, like, I'm ready to see this for whatever it actually is instead of what I'm being told it is. And I had um Tevis Thompson on my podcast recently who writes a lot of, you know, quote-unquote, contrarian reviews, and I disagree with almost all of them. But <laughs> yeah. they're well thought out, and they say things that mi- sometimes maybe look at games differently in, in a positive light or in a negative light, but it makes me think about things a different way. And I think that's the value of reading other criticism of uh, just people who... Are not afraid, like you said, to kind of just say, like, I I don't like this thing, or here's why this is bad. Here's why what you think is good is actually bad, and I, that's yeah. something that it, it's made me a better critic. It's made me a better thinker in this kind of way.
1: No, absolutely, and you know, uh, th- th- I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy. He's a uh, he's an Australian games reviewer. His name's uh, Joe Gilroy, and he is oh actually he's, yes. a fr- he's a freelancer. So he's done a couple of reviews for IGN, but uh, he does you know, reviews for various sites. Um, and he's known to be a difficult reviewer. I, I do that in air quotes. Um, but hes he always argues his case so well. And I think that if you argue your case really well, you know, even when I disagree with him, which is frequent, um, you know, he argues his case. And I think that's what makes a good critic. Like, it makes you think about the game in a different light. And whether you agree or disagree, it's, it's whatever. It's much, of muchness um but you know it, it's challenging and it makes you think and i think that's so important you know if 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 games criticism just turns out to be a lot you know if it just sort of evolves into this bland beige love fest uh yeah. it would be so uninteresting you know i think that's one of the reasons why i'm still why i still like film film uh sorry games criticism because it you know it's it's not it's not like that it does skew too high but there are still people who are unafraid to, um, speak the truth. And, and, you know, I, I, I really hope it stays that way. I, I'm, I, I do get terrified in the pit of my stomach that, you know, it will just end up sort of being this big amalgamation of, of people singing the praises of every A game that's released. Uh, but you know, that's not the case right now. We've still got some healthy criticism going on. So yeah. Yeah. And
0: thankfully, a lot of those people who are, you know, going against the grain at this point don't really care too much about all the hate they get. So I think they'll stick around. Most of the time, (laughs) they're like, fuck those people anyway. Like, this is my opinion. I'm going to just roll out with it. Uh you are, like you mentioned, like an entertainment editor at IGN. You, you you do cover film and one of the trends that is kind of impossible to ignore over a lot of big sites is the inclusion of talking about movies, talking about TV. And IGN has been doing that for a long ass time. Like Yeah, IGN's been doing that forever. Yeah, totally. It's like i have never grouped you guys into the recent trend of kind of like, and here's a Walking Dead episode recap <laughs> and let's talk about Marvel movies on this random and you're like, Why is this happening? So IGN's always kinda of had that. So in your mind Yeah, what do you think is the best way to actually balance entertainment, movies, film, and games? Because a lot of these are traditional video game sites that people go to because they're about video games. What What do you think is kind of the best way, or if you can, you point to someone other than IGN where it's like this feels genuine compared to this feels manufactured to try to get you know one point two or three million YouTube video hits or like yeah, a Facebook right. video hits.
1: Um. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, from from my perspective, I think we do it well because we uh, we skew towards uh genre movies and 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 pop cultural sort of trends and and you know comic book movies. You know, there's so much crossover with uh, with People who play video games um, and the movies that they consume, you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So I think that we have found a pretty good balance of um, of only reviewing movies and, and, and really properly talking about movies and, and TV on the site that that we know our audience is consuming. Um, so I think really, you know, that's my only advice for anyone who was looking to. Uh, Start uh, going into entertainment as well as games is just you know look at where the crossover is yeah uh, but you know I do yeah i I, I have seen the recent um, upswing of of video game websites suddenly pushing into entertainment territory um, and a lot of them are doing it quite scattershot um, and you know that's that's kind of unfortunate but also we're really in the fortunate position of having a dedicated uh, entertainment team in LA. Um, so, you know, there, we've got four, uh, full-time editorial staff working just on movies and, and TV and comics. Uh, so we're lucky in that regard, but you know, that's because we have been doing entertainment for so long. Yeah. I, I still, like, I still ne- will never understand people who say, oh, stick to video games, IGN. It's like, what? You know, we've, <laughs> we've been doing this since basically day dot, like. Yeah. This has always been part of, uh, IGN's DNA. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, I think that from my perspective, like, IGN is only growing as an entertainment, um, site. Like, just recently, uh, we, I say we, but I mean the LA team and a couple of the hosts from the San Francisco team, um, hosted the premiere for the new Triple X movie. Oh, yeah. um, on Hollywood Boulevard, and you know they did the whole thing, and they hosted the whole thing, and the whole red carpet, and 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 that sort of thing, and streamed live, and it was a, you know, it was really successful, and and got great eyeballs on it, and you know stuff like that. Like I think that that we're growing even further um, into um, into really exciting entertainment coverage. I sound like I'm shilling my website right now, but no, you like, don't. Was, I, I was. That never was. I, that. I mean, that was something that that really excited me seeing that uh, that then uh, pre. Like cover that premiere, like yeah. I just I found it really exciting, and they did such a good job, and I think it's just you know it's like we have some really talented film writers and and and, and TV critics on on our team, and um, they're just kind of going from strength to strength, and I think that's really exciting because yeah it's you know it's something that that means that IGN is more than than just a, a video game website, so.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: it's I, it's it, it's difficult to to find that middle ground I agree it's really difficult to find that balance um because you're right you you know you're sc- sc- sort of scrolling down a blog all it's just game game article game article game article, and then there's like a random review of of last week's episode the uh walking dead yeah
0: um, it's that's the bizarre part and i I do think the the really critical kind of idea when you're doing this is find the right people who aren't just like I know a lot about video games and a little bit about, you know, The Walking Dead or whatever. So I guess I'll talk about it. Uh, Polygon, uh, my friend over there, Julia, does entertainment. She's an entertainment editor and she was hired for that. And like, that's what she's, you know, knows a whole bunch about and that's what she's passionate about. And I do think you need the right people so it doesn't end up feeling like, again, like we're tacking this on because, you know, and this is a sad statement because video games aren't enough to hold a website up of this scale. And like, that's, I think, the concern people have
1: absolutely and you know nowadays i th- i believe the hiring process at IGN, um you know they're looking for you know from an editorial perspective they're looking for people who can talk to both you know there's yeah. like uh, because why would you just hire someone who specializes in just one area like when we're a site that talks so much about movies so much about tv and so much about video games you want people who can who can write and talk across both yeah. Um so really that's kind of from a, from an editorial perspective, that's where the site is looking towards now. Um because yeah, it is it is uh it doesn't really make much sense to just hire someone who can only talk about uh, one one kind of medium on a site like IGN. Yeah.
0: Uh and quickly going back to games, one of my last questions for you. Uh just last week I did a podcast about, hey, here's the most anticipated games for the year and there's a lot of yeah great looking video games coming out uh for you. If you could review a 2017 game like right the hell now. Like it shows up at your door on Sunday for you because you're in Australia and you're in the future. Uh a game shows up. Which one is it?
1: Oh my god. That's yeah, a really just one game. <laughs> uh well, there's no way in hell I'll uh be allowed to review this um because Basically, every single person on staff wants to review <laughs> this game, and I'm sure it'll go to someone on the San Francisco team. But I would like to review Mass Effect. So yeah. Uh, you know, I'm ex- I'm just so psyched for that game. I just cannot wait. And, um, you know, if I, if I don't get to review it, then uh, at least I'll have the luxury of um, spinning, uh, you know, playing it at my own pace and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I suppose that would be the game... That would be the first game that comes to mind would be Mass Effect. Quick
0: confession. I have never played a Mass Effect game. You've
1: never played a Mass Effect (laughs) game? (laughs) I've
0: never. I've played Dragon Age. I've played almost all the Dragon Age (laughs) games. Is it really weird? I like Dragon Age 2 a lot, which means I probably have a bad opinion in games, but like... I I've never played a map. Should I start here? Is it okay, okay to start here?
1: So like, when I was in San Francisco last year, I was on a podcast where the guy uh, named M- Marty Sleaver, He's he's a friend of mine. Mm. He works for IGN. I don't know if you know him. Um, but he had never played a Mass Effect game. And on the podcast, we just said, "Hey Marty, you just have to. You can't. Yeah. You you just you have to play these games because it's like it. Like I don't normally. I don't adhere to that thing that that games critics." Um, you know, should have a checklist of games that they have had to have played in order to be an expert in criticizing video games. But yeah. I just think that the Mass Effect series is that good that you're doing yourself a disservice, uh, Man. to not play it. So I just, I, I would say yes, please, 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 please <laughs> play it. And, 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 and please forgive one for its, uh, faults. I right, I the original for its faults. It, I it, will, the original is clunky in some areas. But it gets better. Me, it gets
0: so much better. Let me see what the response is on the new one. If it's, like, just balling out with amazing reviews, maybe I'll just play through all of that and actually just record a podcast about, like, here's – maybe I'll do that and then I'll go all the way back and play through one through three. Like right, I, I, I right. feel like I should probably do this.
1: All right. Desiree, I'm gonna hold you to, I'm like hold you to this. <laughs> this. Like, is my this only
0: New Year really, resolution. Now, this is I'm it. now
1: really invested in this. So okay, yes. what if I hate uh, okay, it though? March. If you hate it, then that's still a really interesting podcast, and I'll listen to that. I All mean, right, you're like, not if wrong. You hate it, you hate it. But I, I really <laughs> want, I really want this to happen now. So let's let's make it happen.
2: All
0: right, I'm locking it in. Uh, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, Lucy, if Beautiful. people wanted to find you on social media, what would be the best way yep. of doing that? Uh,
1: you can find me on Twitter at Lucy O'Brien, and of course you can find all my writing, and that sort of thing on IGN.com. All
0: right, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. I think you're the... Thank
1: you, Josiah.
0: I think you're the third
1: IGN person now?
0: Like, Dan? I had Dan on here. I had yep. uh, Vincent Junito. Like, I've had... To keep, I'm gonna get the entire staff by the end of this. You'll just it's gonna be like every single person from IGN. It'll be great. Uh That sounds and, wonderful. <laughs> and yeah, I am uh looking forward to reading even more of your reviews in twenty seventeen.
1: See if there are any more petitions this year.
0: God, I hope so. At this point, now <laughs> I feel like you have to one up yourself. Like just, just give Mass Effect Andromeda like, review it and give it like a five. Don't even play it. Just give it a five. It a five. And something bad or great will probably happen. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, for all right, all right.
1: Let's see what happens. You know the things I would do on one Day. I swear. <laughs>
0: well, thanks again, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully, tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.